Live and local, this is The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. And a great good afternoon to you and yours. The week leading into Christmas is upon us. The kids are out of school. Happy holidays to you and to yours. And boy, it's great to be with you after just an absolutely incredible weekend of sports. The best thing I saw all weekend long is a sport that I don't follow at all, period. But boy, I was riveted and glued to the tube watching France versus Argentina in the World Cup final. And boy, did did it ever live up to the billing and beyond, the dramas, the superstars doing superstar things, messy, Mbappe from France, teams playing hard, a comeback, a near win, but a great save by the goalie thwarts France. And then the proverbial shootout and Argentina with, can you imagine what it must be like to be Lionel Messi today? Today, you know, we have the Super Bowl. And, you know, when, when, when the Saints won the Super Bowl and Drew Brees was, was holding up that trophy, he had the headphones on his kids and all the, the confetti was flying down. And we loved him. He'd be revered forever by us New Orleans Saints fans. But every other team in our country of the United States of America could care less because their team didn't win. But Lionel Messi won for Argentina. And the whole country is there and has rallied around that team and that individual. Can you imagine what it must be like? The greatest thing I saw all weekend long, and again, a sport I very, I, I don't follow it at all, at all. But I followed the World Cup, and it was spectacular. And Messi has now done it all. In that sport, he is the greatest of all time, according to those that study it, follow it. There's Pele, Maradona, but none of them compared to, as they call him in Argentina, the Messiah, Lionel Messi. Best thing I saw all weekend long. My main man, James Mesh, back in the master control suite in the game studios, spinning the tunes, pushing all the buttons, making sure everything runs smoothly and professionally he's on the campus of delta media which houses klwb which is 1037 lafayette we're also on lake charles 1041 fm we're streaming everywhere they can get it in argentina they can get it anywhere 1037 thegame.com 1041 thegame.com and if you're in the Cadiana area you can put the face to the voice because we are simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Did you miss the headlines of the day? 
Not to worry. The Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's headlines. Well, they started off well, and then, as per the norm, on the brink of their second complete and total collapse in as many games. But this time, the New Orleans Saints made the type of game-changing play that's eluded them all season. A forced turnover right when they needed it most. Safety Justin Evans pressed into duty as the team's dime defender after an injury to P.J. Williams punched the ball out of Falcons receiver Drake London's arms and Bradley Roby recovered their 10th and only 10th total takeaway in their 15th game. That was enough to preserve a 21-18 to win. A win that the Saints will gladly, desperately, ravenously take, no matter how ugly it got at the end. Thank you, Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals, down 17-3 to at the half, and the three came on a field goal as the half ended against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and then just total annihilation, and the... Bengals took care of business and beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So now, believe it or not, I mean, as as rare as is possible, you, you just can't believe it. But true as it may be, with three games left, the New Orleans Saints are still in the mix. Tampa Bay leads the division at six and eight. Carolina, New Orleans, Atlanta. All five and nine. All five and nine. It's a terrible division. And that's the first time I've seen a game that Tom Brady actually lost himself. Turnover after turnover after turnover, whether it be interceptions, fumbles, bad quarterback to running back exchanges. They they were just bad. Tom, you got to hang it up, dude. It's over. It's over. But it's not over for the Saints at Cleveland, at Philly, and wrap it all up with Carolina. Who knows? For instance, for instance, Philadelphia has already wrapped up their division and the number one seed in the playoffs in the in the NFC. They're thirteen and one. They've won five in a row. They've got Dallas on Christmas Eve. I know they want to win that one. Then after that, they may just start to rest some people, whatever, right? Whatever, they might. Um, So anyway, Saints are heading to Cleveland um, for another opportunity, and uh, we shall see what they can do. But they took care of business. It wasn't pretty, but it was a win, and that's all you can ask for all you can ask for so we'll take it and run with it um yeah we saw some unbelievable moments we saw the dallas cowboys in overtime dak prescott threw a nice ball bounced right off of a cowboy into the arms of a waiting defender and um the jacksonville jaguars beat the dallas cowboys in overtime but nothing Nothing, absolutely nothing. You said, I think I've seen it all. Well, you haven't seen it all yet, but we might have seen everything 
Sunday in Las Vegas. Let me lay the scenario out for you. New England Patriots, the Las Vegas Raiders are tied. There's like three seconds left in regulation. All the, all the Patriots have to do is just take a knee. Let's get to overtime and see what happens. Well, and remember now, the key element here is the score is tied. They make a handoff. Running back goes up the middle. He gains five yards. He gains 10 yards. He gains 15 yards. And now he starts cutting to the, an angle toward the sideline. And for some reason, unbeknownst to mankind and to anyone who's ever played the game, the running back lateraled the ball to a teammate. All I can think of is the teammate just went, oh, okay, well, I can't get tackled. I got, I got to get rid of this ball. We got to keep this thing alive. Remember, the score is tied. The Patriot with the ball decided, I'm going to do the old dipsy do flip and all the crazy lateral boom. And he throws it across the field trying to get it to Mac Jones. Only problem is he didn't see the Raider defender right there. The Raider defender intercepts the pass, tells Mac Jones, get out of my way as he stiff-armed him onto the ground. And lo and behold, the Raiders take it to the house and win the game. It had to be the most embarrassing, the most humiliating, the worst play in the career of the man regarded as the greatest of all time when it comes to coaching the game of NFL football, Mr. Bill Belichick. You thought you saw it all, but you didn't. You didn't see it all. Maybe we saw it all last night. Wow. I don't know. Crazy. I went to the LSU basketball game Saturday um, with my daughter. Saw him play Winthrop. I'd seen highlights, but I actually went to the game and saw with my own two eyes. Hmm. Patience. They play hard, um, but they're not ready for what's about to face them when they have to play Arkansas and Kentucky and Tennessee and Alabama. Not yet. Got a couple of nice players, um, but the size factor that they're going to run across is going to be very, very difficult to overcome. Um, just saying. Just saying. Uh, Brian Kelly spoke to the media following his team's 40 play scrimmage on Saturday in preparation for the January 2nd uh, Citrus Bowl. The biggest question, Jaden Daniels, is he going to play? Kelly said Daniels had been limited with his ankle injury, but moved a lot better yesterday. Quote, if we were playing tomorrow, he'd be ready to play. Kelly was not asked about Daniels' long-term plans, and he didn't comment on that. Media guys, what are y'all doing? What, what, What do you ask? Those are the most important questions. I don't understand it. Maybe I need to start going to these press conferences. Nah, nah, I've been there, done that. Um, we'll find out. Um, Kelly did reveal that two Tigers, Edge Rusher, B.J. Ogilari, 
cornerback Mekki Garner have opted out of the bowl game to prepare for the NFL draft. Kelly said the starting cornerbacks will be Jay Ward and Jarek Bernard. Converse, he didn't say who would fill in for Ojolari at Edge Rusher, but said they have some very good options. Remember, this game opened up at five in favor of LSU. Uh, once we found out that their quarterback and their two best wide receivers would not be playing for Purdue, that the coach moved on to Louisville, that thing jumped up to 14 and a half. So anyway, those are just a few uh, tonight. Big ball game. Pelicans have lost three in a row. It took 58 from Devin Booker to come from behind to beat the Pels um, in Phoenix. So they lost back-to-back games to Utah. They lost to Phoenix. Three-game losing streak. The, the Greek freak, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday come to the Smoothie King Center tonight. Big, big game for the New Orleans Pelicans. So uh, we'll talk about that as well. All right, our first time out of the day, uh, when we come back, Al Salas will join us, and we will discuss the Saints and their win and keeping us all in anticipation of could they possibly make it to the playoffs? But first, NBA fans, DraftKings Sportsbook is my go-to when betting on the NBA this holiday season. Right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving Louisiana NBA fans a special gift. For a limited time, you can get a no-sweat bet on every New Orleans Pelicans game this December. Check it out. This month, everyone can earn a no-sweat bet with DraftKings Sportsbook. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt in under the Promos tab, place an eligible bet of your choice on a New Orleans game. If it doesn't hit, you get your money back in a free bet. Pels favored by one tonight. I'm taking the Pels. I think they win, and I think they win uh, – not comfortably, but they win by more than one. I think it's a close game, but I think the Pels win by one. Just my thoughts. If I lose it, I get my money back in free bets. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. New customers can sign up with promo code 1037GAME and get a no-sweat bet on every New Orleans Pelicans game this December. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app and opt in today to receive this limited-time offer. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or older, physically present in Louisiana. Select parishes only. Max reward limits apply. One free bet issued based on the amount of initial losing bet. Eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash basketball terms. Licensing partner, Golden Nugget Lake Charles. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. Al Salas, Saints win, Saints win. When we return, to the Jordy Helpert Show here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update, presented by Tibbs Trailers here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, welcome back. 19 minutes after the hour, 21 to 18. The Saints get a win. Finally, they're 5-9. and nine, Just one game back of the reeling Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The only problem is they're tied with both the Carolina Panthers and the Atlanta Falcons. But we own the tiebreaker over the Dirty Birds. We've beaten them again. That's great. Al Salas, writer for Canal Street Chronicles, kind enough to join us. Uh, to talk about the Saints. Um, Al, thank you for the time. Merry Christmas, buddy. Happy holidays to you. Hey, right back at you, Jordy. Always a pleasure to be on, especially during this time of the year. 
Uh, great start. Um, I love the hill, Taysom Hill to uh, Shahid, pitch and catch. But boy, the Saints always, they, they just make the game so close, but they finally, they finally get the takeaway they need to, to win the darn thing. Finally. Give me your summation of what you thought about the game. Right, Georgia. I mean, it's like when the Saints go up big on an opponent early and then the opponent creeps back into the fourth quarter. It always feels like the Saints on the other side of that uh, game in the sense that they find a way to lose it. Uh, I mean, however, give credit to this team, man. They they found a way late in the game to force a turnover uh, off of the uh, Drake uh, inner bop-up, if you will, which resulted in a Roby interception. Uh, yeah. This offense... You know, the, yeah, <clears throat> excuse me, for the first time since I believe it was the Vikings game on Christmas when Kamara had seven touchdowns, the Saints put together back-to-back touchdown drives, which kind of says a lot about how this team has been since, the you know, the post-Breeze-Payton era. But this game, um, offensively, you know, Shahid and Jawan Johnson were obviously the two big takeaways. Uh, Jawan Johnson, uh, he's – progressed so much since coming to this team, you know, back in twenty twenty from as a really receiver now convert to a tight end. He had some excellent blocks on the run in the run game yesterday. Those two big catches. Uh, and then another one third down on that for on that first drive as well. Uh he's a guy I'm kinda of looking at maybe he's a building piece going forward as far as a guy that you want to build around and get more snaps at the big position. Al Salas with us. I'm with you. Uh, look, Desmond Ritter, the rookie quarterback, making his first start. He threw it 26 times for only 97 yards. So you knew Atlanta was going to run the football. Wait, this guy, Tyler Algier, never heard of him. Uh, 17 carries, 139 yards, couldn't stop him, particularly in the second half when they picked up 157 yards on the ground. I mean, after a while, don't you know what they're going to do? Yeah, I was thinking that, Jordan. I think you know, one of the biggest problems for the Saints this year has been the lack of the interior uh, depth slash just star power at the defensive tackle position. Uh, David yeah. Audimano is getting up there in age. He's getting older every year, uh, you know, as we've seen. And, you know, uh, they have no real big guys to plug up the middle. Uh, <laughs> and Tyler Algier yeah. is the guy who took over uh, when Cordell Patterson got hurt earlier this year, and he kind of ran away, uh, you know, with the job, it feels like. And, uh, you know, this defensive line certainly needs to be looked at and, you know, maybe retooled in the offseason. Outside of Cam Jordan and Payne Turner, there's nobody I really like on that defensive line uh, on a starter's level, per se. So, Atlanta, they knew what weakness was of the Saints team and it's that front four, and they just kept running it up the gut every time. I feel like for, you know, even on third and longs at a shotgun, they're out there running draws and picking up first downs, and it's just, you know, that's one of the real frustrating parts for the Saints this year. They've always been so good against the run. One of the top three teams, it feels like, for years now. And uh, this year, teams have had their way with that interior uh, defensive line group. Yeah, they had a chance to put it away earlier. You mentioned the first two drives, touchdown, touchdown. They had a chance to go up 21-zip, um, and they were in great position. I think it was like a second and one or something, and they just kept going backwards. Dalton was sacked for a loss on third down. They ultimately yep. ultimately punted on fourth and 16. So uh, a promising drive. Boy, you had a chance to just put the nail in the coffin early, and they just couldn't do it. That's just <laughs> – that's been the Saints' offense this year, Jordy. It's been two steps yeah. forward and, you know, a step back. And, uh, you know, this offense this year, frustrating for sure is the word to describe it. But, you know – the back-to-back drives with touchdowns was something, again, we've been seeing in a long time. And, 
you know, with Andy Dalton at the quarterback, you know what you're getting in him, a consistent quarterback play. Uh, he spreads the ball around. He gets everybody involved. And, uh, um, you know, we'll see what happens. They have these three games. Kind of hoping if you play the Eagles in two weeks, they beat Maybe that. they're resting everybody. Yeah, they're resting everybody. That's kind of what you're hoping on. Uh, and then I think Cleveland and Carolina alone are very winnable. You know, Cleveland's on the road, but they're winnable nonetheless. And you can put up points. Yeah. Cleveland's 6-8. and eight. Uh, You got to go play in the dog pound. You got to go play in the cold. Uh, but but at least, look, and, and the one thing I'll say about the Saints, I, you know, I don't know where it's gone awry. I don't know. I thought they had maybe more talent than they're showing. Uh, maybe the talent's not living up to what uh, their expectations are. But one thing, they haven't quit. You know, they haven't quit. And very easy for them to quit, but they haven't. So So I'll give them that. At least, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, resilience. Uh, you know, all the injuries this team has had this year. Um, you know, the questionable coaching, the lack of talent at positions maybe we thought we were better at. Uh, like, right. you know, like you just mentioned, uh, this team is still very much in the playoff mix. You know, and despite you know losing again to Tampa that. on Monday night a couple weeks ago, you know, you went out. Uh, Tampa is a very tough final stretch. Schedule wise, so if you if you can win out, do what you can control. You got a shot, nonetheless, in the playoffs. And you know, people can say, you know, we're a bad team. We don't want to get in the playoffs. You know, at the end of the day, as long as you make it in the tournament, you never know what happens. We saw in 2010 when the the Super Bowl champion New Orleans Saints went on the road to seven and nine Seattle, and it was one of the biggest upsets ever. So as long as you get your foot in the door and enter the dance, then all bets are off. Everything about the regular season is is you know, for, forgot because now it's playoff yeah. one game at a time. Yeah, I can't believe we're actually talking about a five and nine team that still <laughs> that still has a chance. I mean, but look, after what I saw yesterday in the NFL, I, I don't, I never say never ever again, ever. Right. I mean, you, you look at that Tampa game. Tampa was up seventeen three at halftime against the Bengals and. They go out and they get three straight turnovers and get the Bengals field position every time, and it's just the NFC South in general, the AFC South too. At that South divisions, that's yeah. just been very good. And you know, like like you mentioned, who would have thought at five and nine this is still very much in the mix for the division that they went out and you know X Y Z happens. You're hosting a playoff game. You're probably hosting the Cowboys. I would assume so. Like as long as you get your foot in the door and enter the tournament, who knows what happens? Yeah, I mean, look, who knows, right? I'm with you. Um, Cleveland six and eight. Um, Deshaun Watson's back. Uh, he has had a slow, slow start. They don't certainly look like the the powerhouse that that maybe we expected them to be at least at this point in time. Hopefully, uh, they won't wake up. But they beat the Ravens. So their defense must have been pretty good. That way, you know, no Lamar Jackson, but they did win thirteen to three. What what problems do the Browns present? So Cleveland is interesting to me in the sense of the moment Deshaun Watson came back to this team, their offensive philosophy changed instantly. You know, they, you know, when, when it was Jacoby Brissett and when it was Baker Mayfield for the last couple of years, it's ground and pound between Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and. Uh, you know, we're going to run the ball, play defense, and, you know, 
two o'clock. But the moment Watson has come back in the lineup, they're throwing the ball a lot more, trying to get the receivers involved, trying to get the passing game going, and it hasn't worked. And I know Watson has played football in almost, you know, basically two years, but it's kind of weird how, you know, the philosophy that you had and kind of the reason Baker Mayfield was out of Cleveland was because he couldn't play well with the running game. The, the philosophies clashed offensively. Stefanski has now almost switched to, we have an, you know, quote, elite quarterback. Let's throw the ball 40, 30 times a game and almost kind of neglect what got us to where we are with the running game between Chubb and Kareem Hunt. So it's kind of interesting how Cleveland has almost flip-flopped uh, offensive philosophies. And now they have a great defense, Greg Newsom, Denzel Ward, Miles Garrett. Um, they have a very good defense. And, you know, playing up there in that weather, it's going to be a tough game for the Saints no matter no what. No um, so as long as you can offensively stay clean and no turnovers and no negative plays, this defense can't hold down Cleveland's offense. you got a shot. Okay. That's all we ask. Keep hope alive. <laughs> this thing may come down to the Saints in Carolina. It might. You never know what Philly's going to do. You never know. But, boy, right. you bet you betting on the Saints to win all three? There's no way. Huh? Come on. Huh? <laughs> Come on. It's very winnable. You know, as I mentioned, they're not, they're not good offensively. Um, Philly, if Philadelphia can beat Dallas, you know, they've essentially locked up the one seed of the NFC. Then you're talking about maybe resting uh, – a lot of guys, especially yep. if there's that extra week on the regular season, the extra week of rest hurt. Um, and then who knows? You go, you, 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 if you went out there, you're home for the Panthers in the last game of the season. And you know, that might be the spark Dennis Allen and this team needs to get going. You know, the biggest thing about Dennis Allen this year has been lack of emotion. There's no spark, yeah. there's no energy. Well, as crappy as this year has been for the Saints and Dennis Allen, if you went out and, you know, hypothetically, wow. you could, if you beat Carolina at home to end the year wow. you're in, that might be the spark this team needs to really respond and, you know, get that fire, get the dome going, you know, because, again, like I said, you get in the playoffs, we don't and know what happens. There's no guarantee in the NFL when the playoffs start. Right. We've seen one seats fall. We've seen, you know, wild card teams going to win the Super Bowl. You just don't know. So yeah. that game against Carolina might be the spark this team needs to really get it going. If I say this, if if the Detroit Lions are still in the mix, why not us? Why not us? <laughs> Al uh, Salas uh, from Canal Street Chronicles. Thank you, my friend. Have a merry, merry Christmas. And uh, fingers crossed, we'll all be watching. Can they go into the dog pound in that cold and get a win? It's possible. We shall see. Thank you, my friend. Right. I appreciate it. That's all I'm looking for. Happy holidays to the Jordan, you, James, as well. Happy holidays to you guys. You're the best. Thank you. Al Salas, Canal Street Chronicles. You know, the biggest names in today's music are taking over Gulf Shores, Alabama in 2023. Hangout Fest returns May 19th to the 21st with the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Calvin Harris, Paramore, and more. The game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles has VIP passes to Hangout Fest. Enter in the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. VIP gives you access to exclusive viewing areas, stakeside pools, hot tubs, and gourmet food. Hangout Fest is a beach vacation like no other. Find out more at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. All things LSU, Glenn West joins us next here on the Jordy Helper Show. And we're back 37 minutes 
after the hour on this Monday, December 19th. Uh, all things LSU coming your way. And there he is from Go247 Sports wearing his LSU Nike hoodie. Uh, he's getting swag from him now, you see? Mr. Glenn West. Glenn, happy holidays, buddy. What's happening? I'm doing great, Jordy. How are you? Happy holidays. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Um, all right. So y'all finally got to uh, to meet with uh, Brian Kelly after our little scrimmage on Saturday, getting ready for the Citrus Bowl. Um, Jaden Daniels. It appears from the sound of things that he's going to play. Yeah, no, I, I think so. I think the you know they they started to rev him up last week um, towards the end of last week. It sounds like, and um, you know they wanted to give him as much rest as possible on that ankle, make sure it was uh, not at risk of getting further injured. So probably a smart thing to do there. And, you know, in the meantime, you get some extra reps for, you know, Nussmeyer and Howard in the meantime, but yeah, I mean, it sounds like Jaden's going to be ready to play. Um, He still has a decision to make on whether or not he's coming back next year, but that doesn't prevent him from playing in the bowl game at all. So uh, that'll be a a really interesting kind of decision for him to make. But uh, in the meantime, it looks like he's uh, getting some reps in and uh, preparing as if he's going to play for this game. Nobody asked Brian Kelly if uh, what Jaden Daniels' decision was. Did he, that mean did he even hint around at it? Didn't didn't even hint around it. I mean, uh, he wasn't really asked, but I, I don't think that uh, it's a position that Coach Kelly's going to come out and just directly say, "Yeah, he's coming back" or "He's not." I think that's something that Jaden's got to make in his own time and announce it in his own time and. Uh, obviously, whatever he decides is going to reflect on you know kind of what happens with the rest of that room. Uh, we saw where uh, Brett Best decided to stay in purple. He's heading to uh, TCU, whose coach was just named the AP Coach of the Year, Sonny Dykes. But you lose one, you gain one. And uh, when you get one from Alabama that was from home and was a pretty darn good player, I mean, got to be pretty good to go to Bama, but Aaron Anderson coming back home, that's huge. Uh, tremendous. I mean, Aaron Anderson is, uh, for people who don't know, he was a f- – borderline five-star recruit last year um, on our 24-7 side. He's number 35 player in the country, just one of the more dynamic athletes that Louisiana has produced really in recent years. Um, Went to Alabama last year, got hurt, uh, didn't play much uh, in his true freshman season and kind of true to form. You know, if you don't think you're getting the time and you think you can have an opportunity elsewhere, it's is what the portal's there for. And so he hopped in and um, he he decided to come back home. It was a huge pickup. Obviously, it ticks off all the boxes there that LSU's looking for in terms of uh, fit, in terms of being a Louisiana guy. And um, I think one of the things that he's really going to be able to help you with next year is in the immediacy is uh, on special teams as a potential kick and punt returner. He's he's got that kind of speed. Uh, that kind of vision on, on those in those situations. And so uh, it'll be interesting to see if he can carve out some kind of role here uh, in his first year in Baton Rouge. I remember he was committed to LSU. Then Coach O got fired. He decommitted, went to Bama. I also remember seeing some clips against that powerhouse known as John Curtis. Yeah. And in that one game, he returned a punt for a touchdown. He returned a kickoff for a touchdown and a free kick after a safety for a touchdown. So yeah. That's that's pretty good. 
Yeah, good. no, he's yeah, he's uh, a really special athlete, and uh, I actually got a chance to talk to him a couple times when he was going through his recruiting cycle the first time, and uh, he was an LSU commit at that time, and he seemed excited about being able to come home and play uh, for LSU, and so uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's just kind of the way things work now. I mean, you lose a, a Jack Besh, but you gain an Aaron Anderson, so yeah. uh, this is a guy who's going to come in with four years of eligibility and uh, hopefully carve out a role early in his time here. How do you keep, listen to the wide receiver room. Booty's coming back. Malik Neighbors, Brian Thomas, Kyron Lacey, Chris Hilton, Landon Ibieta. Uh, You get Aaron Anderson from the transfer portal. You sign Shelton Sampson, Jalen Brown, Kyle Parker, Kai Prian. How do you keep them all? That's crazy. It's a great question. I honestly don't know how you keep them all. I mean, because the one thing about most of those guys is that they're young. You know, they're freshmen, sophomores, and you know, in Booty's case, he's a senior. But um, you know, juniors like uh, Malik Neighbors and and Brian Thomas, they they better feel good about where their spots are next year. Um, uh, You could say the same thing for Chris Hilton, who has missed a lot of time with injury and. You hope that you get him back next year, that he's able to contribute. So uh, there's there's a lot of a lot of guys in that room. Um, I think you're going to see um, a lot of toying with the rotations again next year in terms of the spring and, and how uh, each guy plays, you know, along the line. And so uh, it'll be very interesting. I don't know how you hold on to all those guys. You got to you know talk them up and, and keep them engaged and get them developed, but. Um, it's, there's only one football and there's only so many spots on the field. Even if you play five wide, that's still six yeah. others sitting on the sideline waiting. My yeah. gosh, yeah. Glenn West with us. Um, did you hear anything about the recruiting weekend? I know, uh, safety Isaac Smith of Mississippi was there. The five-star cornerback Desmond Ricks from IMG Academy was there. They had a couple of eggs rushers from the portal, one from Oregon, one from Arizona. Have you heard anything? Because signing day is two days yeah. from now, come Wednesday. It's a couple days from now, and it sounds like LSU's in, in really good standing with a lot of their commits. You know, it sounds like they're going to sign most, if not all, of their committed players uh, during the all the, during the early signing period, which is really fantastic news considering you got twenty five of them in there right now. So uh, you're just trying to sand out the edges and and and. Uh, had a chance to catch up with uh, Kai Prian, who's uh, a four-star athlete who's mm-hmm. committed to LSU, and he kind of ran down the list of things that they did for us and uh, over the weekend, and it sounded like it was a great visit. They had fifty, they had dinner on the fifty-yard line Friday night, uh, dinner at Kelly's house uh, on on Saturday night, and everywhere in between. It sounded like a lot of those committed they, players. They eat. Kinda... What's that? Man, they eat, Glenn. They oh, yeah. eat all the time. <laughs> Too. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and every every opportunity in between, it sounded like the committed players were making their pitches to Desmond Ricks and to Isaac Smith, a couple of guys who are uncommitted, but will be making their decisions on, on Wednesday and Thursday of this week uh, as well. We'll see. Uh, Brian Kelly talked about having like over 30 signatures. Yeah. Mid 30s. That's yep. crazy. Yep. Yep. 30, 30 uh, they're looking in mid to high 30s of new additions in terms of portal guys uh freshman yeah. uh, you're not going to get all that in, in this chunk of, of time but you're going right. to get you know by the end of the spring next uh next semester that's what they're kind of hoping for and looking at in terms of turning over the roster all right glenn west go to four seven sports i actually eyeballed lsu basketball went saturday and i took my daughter to see winthrop oh wow um 
SEC is going to be tough. Yeah. They got t- they got height, they got quickness, they got athleticism. That's how LSU beat Winthrop. They had that they had more size. Mm-hmm. They just ended up wearing them out. But when you get in that league, <whistles> Glenn, yeah. patience, patience, basketball fans, patience. Yeah, it's going to take time. And yeah, I, I mean, when you look at the early part of their SEC schedule too, it doesn't no favors when you got to play Arkansas, Alabama, and Tennessee and Kentucky Damn. all in your first you know, five, six games of the conference schedule. Those are probably the five or six best teams in the SEC this year, and a lot of them are ranked in the top 25. So uh, it is going to be uphill sledding. Um, you know, I think one of the things that they've been banking on is their defense, and I think for the, one of the first times you know, this last weekend, their defense really suffered, and they had to rely on their offense. And, yeah. um, you know, they were able to get some big shots out of Cam Hayes, uh, KJ Williams came alive in the second half of that game, but yeah. um, to expect those guys to be able to do it uh, against the uh, kind of competition they're going to be mm-hmm. facing here in a couple weeks, uh, they they really got to hope that their defense gets back in uh, in check in short order. Defense, they're going to have to rebound, and I- I'm telling you, they they got to find some scores on this team. Mm-hmm. Um, I know what I know. Hayes, I got you. I keep waiting for Adam. I'd love to play for Coach McMahon. Man, if I miss six straight shots from downtown, Dale Brown, sh- sit <laughs> down, boy. Get a- Keep shooting, Adam. Keep shooting. Keep shooting. I'm like, whoa. They just don't have a lot of shooters on the they team. Don't. They don't. They're, they're counting on him to, to catch fire. He's, he's a streaky shooter that we've come to learn, and yeah. uh, you got to hope that he finds the, the, hot, the hot hand again. I think it was – it was pretty promising the second half. I think he hit his final three shots of the he second did. half, so he maybe did. that can give him a little momentum boost heading into this game uh, uh, against East Tennessee State on Wednesday. But uh, it's it's going to be tough come SEC play. I'm not going to yeah. sit here and disagree with you for sure. I've played it. I've been through that league. It's going to be very, very difficult. They're going to have to – boy, they're going to have to take their punches early and not lose their confidence uh, and hang in there and keep working, keep working. But they – he, he, he needs to recruit some more players. I mean, there's no question. He's got to get more scores, man, and he's got to get size. He's got to yeah. get size. Yeah, that right now size. they have just Corey Chest, who's one of the top players in Louisiana. But, um, you know, they've, they've got to do some more work in recruiting. I think you're going to see them definitely try to dip into the transfer portal um, for next year and um, hope that they can bring in a couple more freshmen too. I think one of the – you know, the the things that we've come to learn here in the non-conference play is the young guys that they've signed are just not quite ready to play yet, and that's okay. Right. I mean, those are yeah. two top 100 players that right. need time to develop. So Jalen Reed and Tyrell Ward are, uh, you know, they're going to bring them along slowly. So in the meantime, you better hope that some of these veterans start catching fire. And, uh, you know, right now they're just, they're just kind of really inconsistent. K.J. Williams can play for anybody. I'm yeah. convinced of that. He's good. He's he good is player. good. After that? Up and down, up and down, boy. You, 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 man, you. Fountain gives you a lot of energy. I like what Fountain does on defense, but you, you yeah. Just but wait till he's to wait, consistently. He's playing against everybody that's smaller than him. Wait till yeah. he's going up against <laughs> those big old dudes with some muscle on them. It, it ain't gonna be easy. It's just yeah. not. Oh, Kim Mulkey's team keeps man going to Hawaii. What what the, what's going on with that? Yeah, nice they're getting budget. their faces out there for sure. Uh, they're they're playing really well. Angel Angel Reese is is particularly playing. Yeah. Uh, extremely good basketball right now. They're, I think they're borderline top 10, if not in the top 10 right, right now. And right. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they're, they're going to start their SEC play here coming up pretty soon as well. So uh, I think we'll finally get a good look at what, you know, this team is capable of. Um, 
after their Maui tournament. I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of optimism around this team right now to make a deep run, and uh, certainly they have a, a, a lot of key pieces that are going to need to play well for them to do so. Um, Glenn West, go to four, seven sports. It's never too early to talk about baseball. I saw where four players received collegiate baseball preseason, all American honors, Dylan Cruz, um, Paul Skennis, uh, Tommy white and Trey Morgan, yep. um, three first teamers and one second teamer. I think he's, <laughs> if he could just find a pitching staff and keep yep. them healthy, I think they got everything. They've got a great chance to be really good this year. Um, starting with Cruz, who could potentially be the number one pick in the draft. Paul Skeens is a guy who is the number five overall prospect on a lot of different, uh, you know, recruiting sites. And mm-hmm. uh, for this year's draft, he's a he's a really special pitcher, a guy that can get into 98, 99 miles an hour range um, that they got from Air Force in the offseason. Just a yeah. huge pickup for them. Uh, you combine that with what they have coming in and Thatcher Hurd, who's a really highly touted uh, pitcher, uh, Christian Little. Uh, you hope that Ty Floyd can get back and 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 start really contributing uh, at a more consistent pace. He was really good towards the end of last season. So they've got more arms this year. I think they have more of an arsenal in terms of what they can throw at opposing teams. Uh, and they're going to be one of the favorites to win the whole thing. They just have so much talent this year. John, Jay Johnson's done a tremendous job of kind of overturning this roster and, and making it one that can compete in Omaha and uh, haven't bought my tickets to Omaha yet, but I think that uh, <laughs> I, I think I might pull the trigger on doing that pretty soon, honestly, because I think they can be that kind of a special team. Tennessee's got two uh, right-handed pictures on the first team, all American team. So that's a team you love to hate because yeah. that, because of that coach. Um, right. But I tell him, and they yeah. got a, they got a second team, Right. If LSU can just develop a pitching staff and if they can find that Friday night dude, I think their offense carries them the rest of the way. I really do. Yeah, no, I think they have. I, I think they're going to be able to find that guy. I mean, I, I would be surprised if Paul Skeens doesn't immediately become one of the best pitchers in the conference next year. Um, and and look, they have a really, I think, underrated offense that's going to come back behind Cruz and behind Morgan, you know, Jordan mm-hmm. Thompson. I thought made some really great strides last year as a hitter. Um, you know, people want to kind of hark on his defense, but he looked really good this this last fall and on his defense. And so I think he's getting back into form. Josh Pearson is a second player, second year player uh, in the outfield that's going to get a lot of playing time, and he looks really good as well. Um, and and they, they they they're they're going to be loaded. I think they they really have a, a good chance here. Uh, of being a really strong team. Tommy White, you mentioned Tommy White. He's a guy that came out uh, of NC State last year, blasted well over 20 homers last year in his first year in college. So how he adjusts the SEC and how he can help this team at third base is going to be a really important (laughs) note on this group as well. It's been a while since they put another little logo on that Intimidator. It's been a long time, and uh, the time might be now. We'll see. Um, LSU favored by 14 and a half. It went to five. Then the coach leaves for Louisville. Then the quarterback and the two best receivers opt out. 14 and a half. Is LSU motivated enough to do that, you think? I think so. We'll see. I mean, look, Drew Brees is coaching on the other sidelines. Yeah, as long as he's not playing and throwing, he can coach all he wants. I, he has, I think he has a year left of eligibility yeah. he left as a junior. So, uh, better not, better not entice Drew to go out there. He don't play. want no Harold Perkins junior, baby. Oh, he don't want to get hit. <laughs> I wouldn't either. 
All right, Glenn. Um, Merry Christmas, man. Thank you so much. Yeah. Enjoy, enjoy the holidays, man. Absolutely. You too, Jordy. You're the Merry best. Christmas. Thanks. You're the best. Glenn West, go to four seven sports. We'll take a quick time out. Uh, but first, um, you can listen to all your favorite Christmas classics or local Cajun Christmas songs on the Louisiana Christmas Channel. That's nonstop Christmas music 24-7 on the Louisiana Christmas Channel. You can listen live at lachristmaschannel.com or don't download the free mobile app on both Apple and Android devices and listen on your Amazon Alexa. So listen to some holiday cheer with the Louisiana Christmas Channel. Back to wrap up hour number one here on the Jordy Helpert Show. Your Alexa or Google Home Speaker helps out around the house and allows you to control your lights, your thermostat, and so much more. But did you know that you can also play the game? Just ask your Alexa or Google Home to play the game, Southwest Louisiana. It's that easy. So do the smart thing and have the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, with you at your office, at your home, and everywhere you go. The best in the East meets the second best in the West in the association tonight. We'll have a preview of the Pelicans hosting the Milwaukee Bucks, and we'll talk more, 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 and more about the LSU Tigers as they get ready for uh, their bowl game, and we'll delve into the Raging Cajuns taking on the Houston Cougs. It's going to be nine degrees in Shreveport Friday. Ooh, our number two straight ahead here on the Jordy Helpert Show on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Hour number two of two after just an unbelievable weekend of sports. Argentina and Lionel Messi get the best of France and Mbappe. Um, we saw the most ridiculous play maybe in NFL history with the, the Patriots handing the game to the Las Vegas Raiders. The Saints holding on for dear life to get a win. But tonight is a new night. And the best in the NBA East taking on one of the best in the NBA West. Pels on a three-game losing streak after Devin Booker knocked down 58 to lead the Phoenix Suns to a comeback win against the Pelicans. Um, uh, the first time they've beaten the Pels all season long. Uh, but what a performance by Devin Booker in a 118 114 win at the Footprint Center. But tonight, the Milwaukee Bucks come to town. And that means the Greek freak, Giannis Antetokounmpo, ex-Pelican Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton and company. They're really a terrific basketball team. Shamit Dua, from, um, who, who covers uh, basketball in the NBA for Boot Crew Media and Bourbon Street Shots, kind enough to join us, Shamit. Happy holidays, my friend. How are you? Happy holidays. How are you? I'm terrific. I'm terrific. Uh, I would have liked to uh, for the Pels to get one of those wins on the road, but I, I've covered them. I've been to Utah, man. That's that's one of the more difficult places to play, and Phoenix just had that that game circled. I think. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think the Pelicans had their opportunities. Obviously, losing in overtime, um, being able to have a twenty three point 
lead against uh, Phoenix. They they could have closed those games out um, with some better execution, I think, with with some better substitutions. But hey, you know it's it's tough to win in the NBA night in night out, especially on the road. And the Pelicans now have to come home and protect home court. They're eighteen and eleven. They lost three straight games for the first time this season. Uh, I, I saw where C.J. McCollum said that uh, Zion, Zion Williamson, doesn't receive the same calls that other NBA stars get. He's got a little bit of the shack in him, right? So big, so imposing. They think he can take all kinds of contact, and they don't have to call a foul, it seems to me. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right that in today's NBA, and you know, and not just today's NBA, you bring up Shaq because it's you know, been a problem in the past, but I think more so in today's NBA, the emphasis on officiating has gone to protect the smaller player, protect the jump shooter, protect the guard, and, and those players are you know, able to embellish contact in a way that, um, that big players can't. You know, guys bounce off Zion Williamson when he's driving in the paint. He's getting hacked all night, but you know, it, it doesn't look like it just because of how big and strong he is. And, and you're seeing it on uh, with other players like Jonas Valanciunas as well, who's picking up a lot of offensive fouls just based off the reactions uh, guys have running into the screens that he's setting. And uh, I don't think this, this NBA is, is doing big men a favor with how they're choosing to officiate the game. What's the solution? I mean, do they just keep uh, keep harping on it, keep harping on it, keep harping on it? Or does Zion just have to say, well, that's just the way it's going to be. I just got to play through it. I can't let it bother me. Realistically, I, I do think for now, like, Zion uh, and the Pelicans have to adapt and adjust. Like, they, it, this is the way that it's going to be uh, for now. But I think that it's entirely possible um, – the, the emphasis changes. The league reviews these type of things every offseason. They decide if this is something they want to continue or not. Um, I, I think big men have got to get protected. Uh, there's, there's just an undue amount of contact that's allowed uh, on them when they're posting up or when they're then when they're in the paint. Giannis Antetokounmpo, who's coming into town, is also a victim of of being big and strong. So you know, I, it's something the league will have to look at. But in the meantime, uh, the Pelicans will have to adjust and. and uh, find other ways to win. Like, yeah, I get officiating was bad, but you know, you had a 23 point lead. That th- that's not officiating that costs you that. You know, um, right. so you have to execute. You have to find other ways to win. And um, what you don't want to see happening is is it getting to the point where Zion has to embellish contact, like, and and start flopping to to mm-hmm. sell these calls. Because you know, no no player, no one likes watching flops, right? But if that right. if that's the way the NBA is going to officiate games. Uh, and they're rewarding players for that behavior, then, you know, eventually becomes a competitive advantage. Shamadua with us. Uh, Case in point, free throw line differential, Phoenix Suns, 25 out of 35 attempts. The Pelicans, 10 of 13. I mean, that's 22 more free throws attempts. 22 more. Uh, That's hard to overcome. Uh, I don't care. Look, they shot well from three-point land, 47%. Uh, but that discrepancy at the free throw line is hard to overcome. What's the um, what's the status of Brandon Ingram? Have we heard anything? Nobody knows. <laughs> it's one of those great <laughs> mysterious Pelican injuries that where one of their guys gets hurt, and all of a sudden you just have no clue when you're going to see them back on the court. And um, you know it's tough. It's it's tough because he is their second best player, and you want to see him on the court. Um, and they could really use his scoring and the versatile overall game. And in some of these road games that they had, they could use it tonight against the, one of the best teams in the league, you know, a title contender in, in Milwaukee. So 
But yeah, I, I have no idea what the what the update on him is. They said he had a setback last week, even though he was set to return um, sometime last week. So I don't know what the nature of that setback was, and I guess we'll find out when Willie Green takes post game or pregame tonight. Yeah, uh, the Boston Celtics have lost two in a row. Uh, and that puts the Milwaukee Bucks a few percentage points ahead of them. The Bucks are 21 and 8. Celtics are at 22 and 9. So this is a perennial, perennial power. You're, you're the coach. There's Giannis. Who in the heck do you put on him to try and guard him? That's got to be a team effort. You know, if you put yeah. it, you try to rely on any one individual, they're going to foul out very quickly. You know, uh, it's got to be how teams defend Zion, where they load up the paint, they wall it off, they got to force other players to make plays, make jump shots, um, and, and really just try to get the ball out of Giannis's hand as much as possible. But, you know, as we see with Zion, that's a much easier uh, said task than done. No Chris Middleton tonight. He's trying to work himself back into form. Um, you know, we know about Giannis, but they, they got a guy that, that, that used to be a pretty good player for Utah. Joe Ingles is now playing for Milwaukee, left-hander, really good shooter, really good all-around kind of player. Uh, that that's that's a factor again. Milwaukee's getting better. Yeah, you know it's uh, Joe Ingles has, has been one of the league's best shooters for a while, and as you mentioned, you know he's a crafty vet. Um, but when when players are in their first game back from an ACL tear, it usually takes them quite some time to adjust, and, and right. um, I'm not entirely sure how Milwaukee plans on incorporating him. Uh, you know, it's got to be off the bench, got to be in, in a control situation uh, mm-hmm. where he's not overexerted. Um, but, hey, that just that just speaks to the level of depth on that team. Uh, I think for tonight, uh, you know, he's probably going to make me swallow my words, but uh, I, I don't I don't expect him to be that much of an X-factor tonight. You know, it's just historically speaking, the guy's coming back from – uh, missing a year, uh, so that's that's tough. That's that's tough to um, just step in and and look like the same player. But you know, perhaps when when the next time these two teams meet, it's a different situation. Uh, so, I mean, he he went from being an inside player. Now all he does is shoot threes, but he does it really well. Brooke Lopez starting at center for the. I love the matchup. I want to see how Jonas. Uh, matches up with Brooke Lopez because he'll shoot threes like all night long. Yeah, you know, Brooke is is one of those players that's having a tremendous year, uh, not only on the offensive end, but on the defensive end. He's putting up defensive player of the year caliber uh, yeah. type performances, just one of the best in the league currently, just shutting down the whole paint. Um, because of how smart he is in terms of his positioning, but also how big he is. Uh, but offensively, yeah, you, you, you hope he doesn't get hot from three. Um, but, you know, I, I think if if the equation is, do we let Giannis beat us, do we let Brooke Lopez beat us, I, I would like Brooke Lopez to beat us. Yeah. Uh, I think that's got to that's gotta be the equation. Seriously, who do you put on Giannis? I mean, you got to put somebody on. Do you risk putting Zion on, on him and the potential of early foul trouble? Do you put Herb Jones on him? And there's a size mismatch there uh, and a strength. Mis- I, what do you do? I, I suspect Herb will probably get the first crack at it um, amongst everyone who's in the starting lineup. Uh, they're probably going to uh, play Najee uh, Nod- Marshall on him. Dyson Daniels might get a crack at him. Um, I, you know, I want to. I want to see uh, Billy Hernan Gomez maybe get some minutes today with Larry Nance out. We'll see. But a lot of teams, what they end up doing is they end up putting their center 
uh, on Giannis, much like they do with with Zion, and and you kind of like live with the results because you plant your center in the in the paint, and and that center is a lot of camp out. Um, as long as the player you're guarding has the ball, there's no three second rule in effect. So that that's that's kind of what they're hoping. Um, but you know, uh, it's tough. It's got to be a team effort. I suspect they're going to throw four or five different defenders on him and go from there. I just don't want to see. Giannis have a game like the Joker had with what 40 something 27 rebounds 10 that's that's ridiculous 10 assists that's absurd yeah yeah that is absurd uh I you know he's an MVP level player I think he is currently the best player in the world um you know there's arguments for Jokic and Luka but there's no one getting it done on both ends like him not like him um yeah so it's going to be a challenge and we might be in for a show, to be honest. I'm with you. I, I, I love the idea. Uh, it's another NBA season, and it's another injury to Anthony Davis. He's going to be out weeks with a foot injury yet again. Yay, Lakers. Keep losing, please. Yeah, that, I mean, if, if the Pelicans are able to get another top 10 pick uh, off of the Lakers, that's that's an, a tremendous asset for them, You know, whether they want to use that in the draft or secure – um, you know, a different player by a trade, but yeah. either way, that's you know that you're hopeful that the Lakers keep sliding in the standings. But the, man, the bottom of the league right now is so bad, and I don't think yeah. anyone's going to catch these bottom five teams. So you, you you need a little bit of a lottery luck in addition to to a slide no from the question. Lakers to, to really get Detroit an special pick. Just bad, Houston, San Antonio. Bad. At least Popovich said before the season we're going to be bad. There's no doubt about yeah. that. So. um so, so we uh, we we'll, we'll see about all that. Do you believe? Look, everything's going fine, but when you lose a couple, then you start to micromanage and dissect a little bit. We got a trade deadline coming up down the road. Do you think the Pels are pleased with every aspect, or do you think, hey, we got a shot to do something? We got a shot to get to the NBA Finals. They're one of those contending teams. We need to improve here. Do you think there's something they would package to try and do that? I would certainly hope so. You know, I think if you're in the business of competitive sports, you don't, especially when you haven't won anything meaningful. Uh, you didn't right. win a playoff series last year. Uh, you gotta, you gotta not be complacent. You can't just rest on your laurels yeah. and and you know hope everything works out. And if you have, you know, title windows in the NBA are small. And we see all the time windows opening and closing for teams, and and some teams never even have the you know opportunity to open a window. So I think the Pelicans are in a unique position where they do have an opportunity to open a window, um, but they have to definitely be measured about the the kind of risk that they're willing to take. Um, I, I, if they have an opportunity to go make a trade that that puts them pushes them closer to a title uh, contending um, opportunity this this uh, summer, this spring, I think they should go all in on it. Jackson Hayes, got to be, I mean, what, what's happened there? He's doghouse? He's just, what's happened there? Yeah, I mean, it's, this is a deep team. With, with the return of yeah. Zion, there's just not any front court minutes. Uh, you know, you're, you're right. You look at Jonas Valanciunas, who was a key factor in in making the playoffs for for the Pelicans this past um, this past year. He's being relegated. He's been you know relegated basically to a situational role player. 
And, and if, if Jonas is able to um, take that, then, you know, I, I just don't see where they find minutes for Jackson, um, particularly when, when Nance has been playing the way he has and, and has been as healthy as he has. You know, I think Jackson had this opportunity to sort of showcase um, his talents and, and take that starting spot. Uh, not starting spot. I don't think, he, you know, he would have started over Jonas. But, um, you know, take a spot in the rotation. And, and uh, it just seems he hasn't taken that opportunity yeah. and, and, and done, done the most with it. So he seems to be a man without a country at the moment. And, right. um, I, you know, I don't expect him to, to be on the team uh, next year. And, and you know, I, he's got to be someone you consider trading and packaging in, in one of those uh, trade like packages for, for a move that, you know, that pushes you to title contention. And wait till Ingram gets healthy. Um, we got to get this team healthy and all playing together at, 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 for an extended period of time to see what we've got. Uh, it's been mixed, max, mixed, max, uh, as always. So we got to get Ingram back one of these days, I, I hope. Um, all right, Shamit, uh, uh, keys to tonight for, for the Pels. What do you think they are to beat uh, a, a team that's, um, that's got one goal in mind, and that's to win a championship, and um, they're that good. They're just that good. So, so key number one is you can't beat yourself. Uh, your offense has to be good. You can't turn the ball over. Uh, you score enough, you, you should be able to stay in the game. Key number two, um, you can't let them get hot on the glass. If, if they're getting second and third opportunities, uh, that's just not a game that you're, you're going to win. Um, and, and, you know, I think if you take care of the business on, on those two fronts, you should have a good, good chance to win this game in, in any NBA game. But, you know, you, you, the harder you make the game on yourself, the harder it is to win. And these elite teams – they have such a small margin for error uh, when it comes to to execution. So you really got to be on on your on your um, A game, which I think the Pelicans have shown shown over and over that they mm-hmm. get up for these type of games, uh, and these are the type of opponents that they like to compete against. But when you're when you're missing Brandon Ingram uh, and and potentially Larry Nance, you are at a talent deficit. But hey, Chris Middleton's out too, so someone yeah. someone's out every day in the NBA. You got to make the That's most of your right. opportunity. Bells are uh, twelve and three inside the Smoothie King Center. The Bucks, as expected, seven and five away from Milwaukee. So uh, we shall see. It should be a great one. I hope the building's packed, and I hope there's a home court advantage there for the Pels. But Shamit, thank you so much. Um, happy holidays, Merry Christmas to you and yours. We greatly appreciate your time, my friend. Enjoy the holiday Absolutely. season. Absolutely. Yeah, thank Take you. Care, happy holidays, and, and I hope you have a, a you know a great next couple weeks. Uh, I'm, I intend to. Thank you, my. Thank you, man. Always love talking yep. hoops with you, Shamit Dua from um, uh, Boot Crew Media and um, Bourbon Street Shots. Uh, loves the NBA, covers the NBA. Big time game. Uh, Giannis is going to get his. You just can't let Drew Holiday get his. You can't let Brooke Lopez get his. You gotta. You gotta slow down the other guys. Contain the other guys. You can't let them go off. You can't stop Giannis. You just can't. He's too good. He is worth the price of admission. His ability to rebound it, bring it up the court, take it to the rim, throw it down in front of you, on top of you, around you. He is one of the top players in basketball today. Without question, without doubt, he's amazing. I don't know who the Pels are going to play on. I don't think it matters. But you can't put Zion on him because – Zion's going to get in foul trouble, and you need Zion to be getting his uh, to getting his points. Uh, last night again, uh, Zion with uh, with thirty to go along with three ba- rebounds and nine assists in thirty nine minutes. 
So the Pels got some 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 things. They just their defense kind of let them down in the fourth quarter uh, as the Suns outscored the Pels 34 to 25. So Pels won the first half. Suns won the second half. Suns won the game. McCullum had 27. Um, Nige Marshall had 11 off the bench. Alvarado had 10 off the bench. But the Suns, that Devin Booker, who was he cooking with grease? 58 points. 58. Chris Paul pitched in 18. Mikhail Bridges, 15. That's just a good team. It's a good team. No ifs, ands, buts, maybes about it. But Pels are 18 and 11. They trail um, uh, Milwaukee, uh, excuse me, um, Memphis by one. And they're tied with the Denver Nuggets at 18 and 11. The Suns are one game back at 18 and 12. So right now, the Pels, the number two seed in the West. Okay. We'll take a quick time out here. We'll come back with more stuff. Blake Rafino at the bottom of the hour. This is the Jordy Helper Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Helpful holiday tip number 36. Your precious little ones should receive a few boxes of boring clothes under the tree. Yeah, they'll surely be disappointed, but that helps build character. This helpful holiday tip brought to you by your family at the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back. It's 24 minutes after the hour. Uh, we talk about the Game Rewards Club all the time, and they've got such great things like stocking stuffers for the holiday season. Why not go to the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com as a member of our Rewards Club. You'll have the opportunity to score excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort. You can only score these great stocking stuffers by becoming a member of the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's simple. So go sign up today. Still nobody betting on the Minnesota Vikings. Old Matt Ryan was like he was back in Atlanta and like he was playing the New England Patriots at the Super Bowl because Indianapolis led Minnesota 33 to nothing at the half. 33 nothing. Vikings come back, outscore the Colts 14 to 3 in the third, 22 zip in the fourth to send it to overtime. They kick a field goal to win it. 39-36. Scoring 39 second half and overtime points to only three for Indianapolis. Kirk Cousins, 34 of 54. 460 yards, four touchdowns, two interceptions. I bet you he threw those two interceptions in the first half when they couldn't do anything and they couldn't score. Justin Jefferson, 12 receptions, 123 yards, and a touchdown. I don't know why people aren't aren't buying the the Minnesota Vikings. All they do is they win so many close games. They're eleven and stinking three. Eleven and three. That was just one game. Um that was on Saturday. I don't know what you think about the Miami Dolphins, but boy, they gave Buffalo all they wanted and then some. Buffalo winning 32-29 in the snow and the cold at night. In Buffalo, Tua, 17 of 30, 234 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. 
Raheem Mostert, 17 carries, 136 yards. So they did okay. They did okay. But Buffalo is um, at that stadium. Um, they're just good. Josh Allen threw for four, no interceptions, 304 yards. He's he's a stud. He's just a stud, plain and simple. Um, so Buffalo gets a win. They're they're 11 and three. Um, best team in football right now. The Eagles struggle. Uh, they had to work exceptionally hard to beat the Chicago Bears, 25 to 20, to improve to 13 and one. The proverbial leader for the MVP award, Jalen Hurts, 22 of 37, 315 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions. On a day when the Eagles did not play their best, they still got it done. They figured out a way to win the ball game. Now, Jalen Hurts ran for three touchdowns on 17 carries, 61 yards, so if he can't, if he's not connecting via the airwaves, he's uh, he's making it happen on the ground. They got a great A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. They're loaded. They are loaded across the board. There's no question about that. So Philly keeps on winning. Joe Burrow and company, thank you very much because um, Tom Brady and company, uh, he just looks he, – he doesn't look – Good. Just doesn't. It was 17 zip, 17 three, excuse me. Tampa Bay over the Bengals at the half. Turnover after turnover after turnover. Got the uh got the Bengals back in the ball game. Tom Brady's numbers. Uh 30 of 44, 312 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. They also fumbled the football. Um, they just turned it over time after time after time. Uh, they lost two fumbles. The Bengals didn't turn it over at all. Um, so when you do that, and you got Joe Burrow throwing to Jamar Chase, uh, you're going to be okay. Burrow, 27 of 39 for 200 yards, four touchdowns, one interception. Jamar Chase, seven receptions for a touchdown. Tyler Boyd, five for a touchdown. Mitchell Cox, three for a touchdown. T. Higgins, five for a touchdown. So the Bengals uh, help us out, and uh, I still think the Bengals still have some improving to do, but I still think they're going to be A-OK. The Giants went on the road and beat the Commanders 20-12, to so that was nice for them. We uh, All the luster's off of this one tonight, Monday Night Football, my goodness. Rams, Packers. And believe it or not, the Packers are still in the mix for a playoff spot. They are. And all you Cowboy fans got beat again in overtime by Jacksonville, 43. Jacksonville's coming, man. They're 6-8. and eight. They're getting better and better. They got rid of Urban Meyer. People are having fun again. The game is fun. He's not doing his crazy stuff. Trevor Lawrence, 318 yards passing, four touchdowns, only one interception. Travis ATN Jr. ran for a buck three. It's a good, this is a good team. It's getting better and better. And better, and the Cowboys it takes a little bit of the luster off of their Christmas Eve matchup with the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. They're now ten and four. They are guaranteed a wild card spot, and only a wild card spot because Philly has clinched at thirteen and one. Thirteen and one. Can the Saints possibly go on the road and beat Cleveland? 
Can they possibly go on the road hoping that Philadelphia is going to rest everybody and pull off an upset there? And can they come back home and beat the Carolina Panthers? If they do that, they're in the playoffs. Ah, come on, guys. Come on. Let, let, let's, you know, we can put it on our wish list. I don't know if, I don't know if Santa's answering. All right, 31 minutes after the hour, we'll take a quick timeout. 32 minutes after the hour, we'll take a quick timeout. Blake Rafino from the Are You Serious podcast. We'll talk all LSU. See if he's got some news on the recruiting front when we return here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for the Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana. Helpful holiday tip number 48. Before you light a roaring holiday fire, make sure the flue is open. Having your house filled with smoke and the fire department dropping by is not cheerful. This helpful holiday tip brought to you by your family at the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 35 minutes after the hour. Welcome back. Monday, December 19th. Let's bring in our next guest. Um, kind enough to join us yet again on a Monday from the Are You Serious podcast, Mr. Blake Rafino. Blake, happy holidays. You got all your uh, got your Christmas shopping done yet? No, I do not. <laughs> <laughs> I got to go. I, I'm, I'm really, literally, I'm out in the rain doing it. So I'm sitting uh. in my truck talking to you. And finishing Christmas shopping. That's literally well, give me, what we're doing give, right now. Give me a few minutes, and then I'll let you get back into the madhouse. This will be a, a great respite for you. Um, was that you I heard screaming from afar when um, LSU got a commitment from former Alabama wide receiver Aaron Anderson, the Louisiana boy coming back home? I screamed like a little girl. I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> I mean, Jordy, he is – he is – in my opinion, probably of the last two classes, the best overall wide receiver of all of them. So, yeah, you heard me screaming. I mean, because he fixes so many problems. He fixes special teams. He fixes what you can do in reference to taking the top off of teams. And, and Jordan really drooply, he's physical enough to where he, like, he can go in the middle. You know, I mean, look, there's a reason – why Alabama legitimately talked about him all, all all during the season, about him returning, because he went out in that spring game and completely balled out. So, yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a game changer. He, he, he's going to be something special. Everybody talks about him as a kick returner or a punt returner. I get it, but wait till he, wait till he lines up in the slot and see what's going to happen. I wonder, I wonder – if he was going, you know what, that Bryce Young's not going to be throwing the ball to me anymore. And I've watched these backups um, play, and uh, I kind of like what LSU has to offer more as far as a guy throwing the ball to me. I wonder. I wonder. Well, you know, Jordy, a funny story. Um, about three weeks into the season, Aaron Anderson obviously had the, the ankle sprain, and I think he'll be mm-hmm. fine. The high ankle sprain that he missed a year with. Uh, but, you know, they took a team team photo, and Aaron Anderson was wearing LSU shorts huh. in the team photo. Wow. <laughs> it goes yeah. to show you it goes to show you that if Frank Wilson would have had another week with Aaron Anderson, he would have always been a tiger. That's what it tells me. Yeah, um, no place like home. The grass isn't always greener. Uh, so we'll see. what did you, what did you hear about the weekend, particularly? 
Desmond Ricks and Isaac Smith, the uh, cornerback and safety, respectively. Um, any any word coming out of camp? Huh, so there's a lot of details here, and I will say this, Jordy, and I, I just I, I don't know how else to say it other than just coming out and you know laying it out. LSU, Lay it out I, I there, think baby. in today's world. In today's world, you have to be highly competitive in NIL. Okay? Yep. With that being said, LSU is. Okay? So, I want that to be very well known. LSU to do everything that they have to do to get these two DBs, Isaac Smith and Denver. So, for that reason, I don't have a I don't have to worry. I, it just comes down to... I really think it just comes down to what the young men want because really, I mean, Jordy, they picked them up, both of those two young men from the airport in Hummer limousines. I mean, literally rolled out a red carpet when their family, them and their family got out. Um, you know, Brian Kelly let them in practice. I mean, he was with them the whole time. I know that he had a one-on-one with each recruit Sunday night that got confirmed to us. So, I mean, again, I think that there's a lot of positive momentum here um, with LSU, with the two DBs. I think that there's a positive uh, uh, reinforcement coming in on the defensive line from the transfer portal, uh, something that we were kind of reported on, you know, during the weekend this morning is former four-star defensive tackle Jalen Lee made a visit to LSU this past week, and if I had to assume, hint, hint, wink, wink, he may make an announcement on Wednesday. So I think the LSU, from the portal aspect along with the high school aspect, made a lot of good headway in positions of need. Because, Jordy, the truth is they're returning. They'll probably return 16 uh, offensive linemen. I think they'll return everybody at quarterback at least through the spring. They won't, they won't lose anybody at running back. Kayshawn Bootsy is returning wide receiver. You add Aaron Anderson. So the defense has been a very big, you know, call, a very big focus in this early signing period. And, and I think that they've done really well. There's, I don't think that really, Jordan, that there's anything else that they could have done at this point. Blake Rafino with us, the Are You Serious podcast, AYS. You mentioned Kayshawn Booty coming back. I, I got to believe. I see the list of wide receivers coming. Booty, Neighbors, Brian Thomas Jr., Kyron Lacey, Chris Hilton Jr., Landon Ibietta, who, according to reports, I just read that um, Brian Kelly was talk raving about him and what he's going done during off. these bowl yeah, going practices. Off. You get mm-hmm. Aaron Anderson in the portal. You you got signees and Shelton Sampson, who I think is going to be a stud. Jalen Brown, I hear unbelievable things about. Parker and Kai Prane. Somebody's going to have to go. You can't keep 11 wide receivers. You can't. Yeah, I think that there's going to be some people that leave, maybe somebody we don't want. You know, I mean, it just, Jordy, it's the nature of the beast. But here's here's the thing, though, okay? When is these announcements going to start happening? I don't know. Right? Meaning, yeah. you know, like, there, there comes a point where it's like, did, what is, you know, what is really going on behind closed doors? So we had this discussion there with Orzron, okay, when kids were leaving and kids went and, – and this was legitimately when they were having success. I mean, it's not like, you know, we remember all of Ed's 
failures sometimes and not remember right. his accomplishments. And, I right. mean, there were still a lot of kids that would hit the portal and, and kids that contributed. Um, and now it, 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 it's kind of different. You know, I mean, the kids that have been here a while and, and, and aren't contributors, they're hitting the portal. So, Jordy, I, I don't know what they're selling. I mean, I have a pretty good idea of what they're selling is obviously you get these guys back and you want to go win a title. But when you have a culture that changes, I mean, Jordy, I mean, I know that they're in the playoffs. Georgia isn't having them. I mean, Bama's having some. But, again, those are older guys that are leaving, right? Like, they Jordy, they, they don't – I mean, other than receiver, they don't legitimately have guys that are of high production that are leaving. And teams that do that, Clemson's, the, the Bama's, the Georgia's, I, I can make the argument now, right now, the USC's, Notre Dame when Brian Kelly was there. You didn't see these many kids hit the portal. And those right. teams were always in the top six. So when you talk about a culture change, I, I think that that's the biggest thing that should come of all of this now. Do I think that somebody's going to leave? Yeah, I do. Who? I have no idea. Right. But again, right. you know, when 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 you have that many talented young men and that many alphas in one room, somebody it's just going to all work itself out. But here's the great news, and I love Jack Bash to death. I, I like I really do. Jordy, sometimes when you when you know the the peck, <laughs> the reps and pecking order is going to work itself out. So, which leads me to believe, as an example, if Aaron Anderson comes in here and is starting day one, snap one, well, how good's Aaron Anderson? Because you you could ask the same question about Malik Neighbors. We asked the same question about Justin Jefferson. Jordan, did you know that the first reception by Justin Jefferson, the jersey number he was wearing was 39? <laughs> like, people forget that. And so, yeah. it was against Florida. So, my, my point being is, is that when you have that much talent and a dude's that talented they're going to find the field and it's just normally nine times out of ten it makes your team better so i don't really have a worry i can i be honest with you, i don't have a worry offensively i like i really don't i mean you could uh-huh. say tight end maybe it is a, it's starting to become a little bit of a worry but they got jackson mcgowan they got mark mcway who you know told us that i'm coming don't you know like we're coming with a vengeance they're young there, but you still return Mason Taylor. So right. a lot of good things happening for this team offensively. Again, I just think defensively, it's just going to – you've got a lot of work. they got a lot of work. Well, yeah, Aaron Anderson, 5'9", a buck 85. Um, LSU, what they've mm-hmm. lacked is that is that guy like Bama's had before, Jaden Waddle and um, some of those guys, just go. Throw it long and watch him go get it. Uh, and that makes well, Booty and, that much more available. Is he that type of player? Well, even, Jordy, in today's game with the RPOs and stuff like that, you got to be able to take a five-yard pass and get nine yards. Yeah. yeah. Right? So, yeah. I, I think that is he that guy? Yes. Can he be that guy? Yes. He is the guy, though, that, Jordy, you throw a bubble screen and say, okay, go get it. You get six yards, we're coming right back to you. Because eventually, eventually, he's going to bust one. It's not a matter of if it's going to happen. It's a matter of when it's going to happen. Again, you don't believe me. Go pop in that Bama film for the spring game. Jordy, it's not. Look, Bama, Bama, everybody knows what. Bama's the only team maybe in the SEC 
that I do watch their spring game because they don't really they don't really sugarcoat anything, right? Like mm-hmm. they're not because you know what they're going to do. Saban's run the same defense since nineteen ninety or since nineteen eighty eight. Okay, it, it's there is literally nothing different from the back seven, nothing. So they'll run zone, they'll run zone, they'll run man to man. And Aaron Anderson ate them alive, completely ate them alive. Jordy, he took the top off, he, he, the, the little quick screen that he got that he took to the house. I, I mean, and now I haven't got called back, but I mean, he just, he's that dude. He, he, he yeah. really is a guy that you throw the ball to and say, go get it. And you know what's even more dangerous? If Jane Daniels does return, okay, and you got an RPO base off a screen with Aaron, see, Kayshawn's not that guy. Kayshawn's not a catch and get up the field. Kayshawn's a a guy that he's going to need to get his separation through the route. LSU mm-hmm. did not have a guy last year that you could throw out to in the flat and say, go get it. They did. That's right. I love Malik Neighbors all the live long day. I really do. Jordan, they don't have – they didn't have one guy play this, this past season that you can throw and say, okay, here comes Waddle or here comes Henry yeah. Ruggs or here comes whoever it may be that literally – you think you got an angle on him, and you don't, and you never will. That's yeah. the kind of dude he is. Jordy, I, I, let me tell you the last thing on Aaron Anderson. I, mm-hmm. I talked to somebody on Alabama staff that I'm extremely close with. When the freshmen come in, they run 40s. Now, some of it's pleasure, some of it's hand time. Jordy, they had, they had him hand time at a 4-2-8. So, at <laughs> worst, at worst, he runs a sub-4-3. At mm-hmm. worst. So, I mean, I just love it. blazing. Uh, you can't you can't teach speed either you have it or you don't. The other thing that LSU didn't have was a home run hitter at the running back position. Are you comfortable with mm-hmm. who's coming back if we know who is and who they're getting? Uh, is it somebody in the portal? Is it somebody that they were? Is it going to be a, a freshman? Uh, are you happy with the running back room? Well, Josh Williams and I listened to all thirty five minutes of his speech, but. Um, Josh Williams advised that he's starting the NBA program in January, which is, I mean, Jordy, if you're not going to the draft, I mean, you would be going into the Masters right. program. So right. um, I, I think that he returns. Um, really, truthfully, I, I kind of I, I don't know. You know, like, I, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to cop out on your answer here. Like, I, like I really don't. No, I, I, I just I don't understand. know because I think – they have the like it's. I don't know what the good way to put it is. They have the potential to do it with Caleb Jackson and Trey Holly coming in. The problem is, Ben, and we've seen John Emery do it against Alabama twice. Yeah, right. But it's just the the lack of inconsistency or consistency there has been yeah. a massive, massive problem for LSU the last Big couple of seasons. Really, no I mean, question. I mean, I really since Claude. I mean, Clyde yeah. was the last guy that gave you the consistent the consistency. Yeah, and it's been no it's been somewhat downhill since then. All right. Well, look, we gave you a respite from the rain and the shopping. Now go back there amongst the masses and and get those toys that you need. Um, and uh, and I greatly appreciate. It. Merry Christmas to you and your expanding family. That's wonderful. We're very happy for you. Thank you so much. Enjoy the holidays. Thank you so much. Merry Christmas, Jordy. All right, buddy, you take care. Blake Rafino, the Are You Serious podcast. I think running back position, other than Josh Williams, I think it's a it's an issue that needs to be resolved. They gotta get that 
They got to get that under control. All right, we're going to get under control and come back and uh, wrap this baby up with a couple of birthday wishes and more here on the Jordy Helpert Show. Helpful holiday tip number 60. Debating whether Die Hard is a Christmas movie or not is pointless. Die Hard is awesome. So go ahead and sit back and watch John McClane kick butt. This helpful holiday tip is brought to you by your family at The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, we welcome you back. Uh, we talked about the Saints still in the mix for a playoff possibility. They've got to win three. They go to Cleveland. If they can win against Cleveland, news coming out of Philadelphia Eagles camp is that Jalen Hurts has a sprained shoulder, and he's uncertain to play Saturday against the Dallas Cowboys. Jalen Hurts might be out. It certainly wouldn't play against the Saints. They've got it wrapped up. Um, mm, I'm just saying, you never know, but you got to be Cleveland. How you do that? Uh, your guess is good as mine. A struggling offense. You got to keep your defense to, to keep you in the game and hope that you can turn them over a little bit. Um, and, and get lucky that way, but it's going to be cold and we know that it's going to be nasty. And we know that and you got to beat Cleveland who just beat the Baltimore Ravens 13 to three. Yes. Baltimore did not have Lamar Jackson, um, but 13 to three. So a defensive oriented game. So, so we shall see, keep that, uh, in your files. Special thanks to all of our guests today. Al Salas. On the Saints win, 21-18 over Atlanta. Glenn West, we talked LSU football. Jaden Daniels appears to be going to play in the bowl game. That's what it seems like. Uh, LSU basketball, mm, SEC is going to be tough. Going to be tough. No question about that. Um, Shamit Dua, big, big hoops game tonight at the Smoothie King Center. Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Greek freak, and the Milwaukee Bucks come to the Smoothie King Center and take on the Pels. The best in the East, the team that's the – Second best in the West record-wise at this point in time. So a huge opportunity for the Pels to make a statement in the league. And then Blake Rafino. Uh, LSU gets Aaron Anderson from Edna Carr High School. Um, just a tremendous athlete. Went to Bama. Uh, entered the portal. Coming back home to LSU. So that's a big, big get. If today is your birthday, December 19th, happy birthday from all of us to all of you. He's 50 today. Won a, won a um, Super Bowl, Warren Sapp with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And at 65 years old, one of the great teams out there. What a, the, Maybe the greatest front line ever. Robert Parrish at center, Larry Bird, and the birthday boy, Kevin McHale, is 65 years old today. James, thank you for all you do. Thanks to all of you for listening in whatever form or fashion that you did. Partners, <laughs> you know what I think about you. We couldn't do it without you. Come on back tomorrow. Bob Rose will join us with the uh, Black and Gold Report and many, many other things. Same time, 2 to 4, same great stations, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles.